It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, Freddie says, yeah, fire. Also, too, Matt Olson may have found his power stroke finally. And if the front office gives Nate the tools, he's got to do something with them. We'll talk about that up next. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com. When you get there, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser, find the page, subscribe to it, leave us a comment. We are also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Download us today. Leave us a five-star review. And give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Man, who would have known that the emotional dump? And that's that's what this past weekend was with Freddie Freeman, right? It was a complete emotional dump, getting everything out of him. You know, when Freddie had gone to, you know, L.A., and the Braves came in town for that series. Yeah, I mean, it was emotional, and it was a chance for the kids and the wife to catch up with everybody and the players and the manager and some of the coaches and things like that. But then when it was a matter of coming back here to Atlanta just a short time later, and you start to run into all of the behind-the-scenes people, right? The clubhouse attendants, the caterers, the security, this guy, that girl, this person, that person, right? You run into all of those familiar faces that you've seen for so many years and really your entire professional baseball career. And I just think the emotion of all of it got to Freddie. But who would have known, and maybe it's not surprising, that yesterday Freddie said to Excel management, you're fired. Now, look, here's the deal. Freddie Freeman, I think, fully and truly believes he should still be an Atlanta Brave. I think in his heart and in his head, he realizes that he screwed the pooch. He should be an Atlanta Brave. Now, look, Chipper gave him the advice. Hey, man, you better take control of these things and this, then, and the other. And I get all of that. But Freddie has never been a free agent. Freddie's never had to go peddle his wares on the open market. He's always been and thought was always going to be an Atlanta Brave. And look, Billy Joel lost his fortune because he allowed his brother-in-law, his brother-in-law, to manage his finances, and he went bankrupt for it. And the guy swindled him out of money and this, that, and the other. My point is, it doesn't matter how close the person is to you representing you or your financial means and things like that. If you don't take control of the whole situation, 
you're going to get what you get. And the XL agency back double A into a corner and you don't back baby into a corner. And Alex Anthopoulos said, hey, okay, you give me an ultimatum, hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. And we'll go get Matt Olson, and then we'll go give him an eight or nine year deal or whatever the heck it, it came out to be. Peanuts, to be honest with you. That cost him a whole lot at all, more years for less money. So I think Freddie understood all of this. But to go out a few days later after you leave here and you go out and fire management management team, and then we heard reports from John Heyman about how Freddie has said, don't send me any agent request. Look, here's first off, here's the reality of Freddie Freeman. What the hell does he need an agent for at this point? I mean, with all due respect, he just signed what's arguably going to be his final contract of his major league career. At, at best, at best, right? He gets through this run with the Dodgers. He's got a year or two after that. So I ain't going to have to do a whole lot of negotiating and figuring anything out. Right. I mean, he's going to be pushing toward 40 years old when this contract ends. So you're talking about a guy who, okay, if he stays around, it's a year or two. That ain't hard to figure out. That ain't real difficult. And he'll be an aging player. Probably won't be, you know, a $25 million player or 20 million, whatever. I mean, the number comes out to be. So that'll be easy. So truthfully, he doesn't need a management team. But the optics of what Freddie has gone through and done these last several days it's a little much, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. Clayton Kershaw, I think, had it right. You know, hey, uh, we hope we're not second fiddle here. And I saw where Freddie had said that he he got together with Kershaw to talk about those comments that he made to Gabe Burns, our buddy Gabe Burns, we've had on this show before, and say, you know, we sorted it all out and hashed it all out. I, I, my guess is this, though. Clayton Kershaw came up to Freddie here probably in the last, I don't know, what time is it now? Probably in the last few hours and said, okay, are we done with all this? Can, can, can we focus on baseball and us winning and trying to go get back to the world? Can we focus on all that? Are we done with the emotional reunions and agents and this, that, and the other and everything like that? Can we focus on the big picture of let's go win baseball games? And, and I, this may be cathartic for Freddie in a lot of ways that this was the final kind of closure that he needed for understanding that his time in Atlanta is done is to fire his agent. But again, let's be honest. Doesn't the optics of this thing start to look a little bit like, oh my God, come on, Freddie. And I get it. I mean, I understand. He felt like they did him wrong. This would have been one thing if maybe in April he had fired his management team. This might have been another thing if he waited till November to fire his management team. Because again, it really doesn't matter when Freddie fires his management team. What's he need a manager for? What's he need that for? Now, I want to tell you about my friends over at Sports Card Investor. They have this really cool app that I want you guys to check out. Look, you guys know that I'm a sports card collector. You guys know that I'm into baseball cards that have been for whatever, I don't know, 40 something you know, odd years now. The Sports Card Investor app is amazing. 630,000 cards that you can browse through, and there's 100 added each week. But much like if you use a stock market app, you know, I use E-Trade and things like that, you can find trends, what's hot, what's not, recommendations, what's a good deal, what's not a good deal based on recent sales and things like that. They give you an average of what things have sold for. You want something graded? 
they've got not only graded, but what condition. They've got multiple companies of graded cards. Or if you want it just raw, ungraded, they've got that inventory as well. It's an amazing app. And if you're a sports card collector like I am, you've got to have this thing, right? It's too hard to try to sort out and go all these different places and try to find, you know, it's not like the old days where I just picked up a Beckett magazine and that's all I needed, right? Now it's a lot more intricate than that. You got eBay and you got these auctions and that and this, that, and the other. Sports Card Investor app makes it really easy. And with a database of over 630,000 cards, it's an amazing thing to do. Download the Sports Investor app today. It's available free in the Google Play Store or on Apple uh, Application Store or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. So look, the reality is that Freddie could have done this at any time, right? And it wouldn't have changed anything about Freddie's future because he's got his last contract locked up, good to go. But the optics of it, right? That's the thing, the timing and the optics. After we got Friday, so I regret and all that. And then you do this out there. Hopefully this is it for Freddie. I like Freddie Freeman. You know, I wish in some ways he was an Atlanta Brave, but we'll talk about his replacement here in just a little bit because, uh, you know, he, he's he's got all the tools and everything like that to be, you know, a star here as well. But Freddie's got to understand that this does start to look ridiculous after a while. And I think Clayton Kershaw was really right on spot with the idea of, hey, you know, we don't want to be second fiddle. We got a good group over here. And yeah, we've been, you know, along with the Braves, we've been the best National League franchise for the last, you know, four or five years or what have you. You know, let, let's get back to focusing on baseball. And and again, I don't know where he came up with the idea of firing his agent and this, that, and the other, but he has to understand that the optics look a little bit weird with all of this stuff, right? The optics tell you that, okay, okay Freddie, enough is enough. Focus on baseball. Let's get to winning. And I think as Clayton Kershaw said, let's not be second fiddle. We need you. We want you. Let's go try to win a World Series for all of this. All right. When we uh, come back, listen, uh, if the Atlanta Hawks get Nate McMillan the pieces that he needs, it's time for him to start doing something with them. We'll talk about that next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta, reminding you head over to YouTube.com. Put us in your search browser there. Subscribe to our page. Leave us a comment. Also, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can use Spotify, Odyssey, downloads today. Leave us a five-star review. And follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Well, as we just kind of sit here and wait, right, for the DeJounte Murray potential trade to happen. And, you know, we saw yesterday that Gallinari... They were asking him to maybe do this Matt Ryan thing, right? Remember when Matt was owed a roster bonus and they asked him to push back the deadline on all that? The Hawks supposedly have asked Danilo Gallinari to push back his roster bonus or roster, you know, whatever deal so that they don't have to pay him all the money. Basically, they would rather have San Antonio pay the $5 million buyout and be done with all of it rather than they have to pick up the tab for uh, all of that, right? But here's the thing, too. We can talk about DeJounte Murray. We can talk about the rookies that they drafted just now. We can talk about the guys that are second year. You know, we saw this morning already Sharif Cooper's got a two-way contract. Basically, that'll make him a restricted free agent. So if the Hawks are going to give up on Sharif uh, Cooper, then they're going to get something back for him, right? But here's the reality. And, and I don't want to 
I don't, I don't want to I don't want to completely put all of this on him, but if Travis and Landry Fields are going to go out and get the Murrays and these guys, and we're going to have drafts and things like that, it's time for Nate McMillan to also figure out how to use these guys, right? Now we know Nate in an old school way, and you can like that, not like that, but it just it it is the reality of the situation you know, isn't as enamored with playing some of his young guys. Now, part of that may be that some of these guys are not ready to play. But what's the old saying? I mean, how do you know if you're ready if you never get a chance, you know, to play out there? But you have four draft picks in the last two years, right? With the two guys who drafted this year, with Martin and Griffin this year, and you got Johnson and you got Cooper from last year, that you have this log jam of, okay, if we move on from Gallinari and we make one more move here, we got to add a guy here. What do I do with those guys? And then you talk about the idea of, okay, we have this dynamic backcourt. Nate said in his, in one of his pressers that, hey, maybe we look for another ball handling guard to not just take the pressure off of Trey Young, but also allow him to work a lot more off ball, right? That may be part of his role next year is playing off ball, not just always bring the ball up and be so dominant with it. Okay, then if all of that's going to come to fruition, then you got to tell me that Nate McMillan gets back to this flurry of coaching that we saw in the second half of a couple of years ago, right? The year that they made the Eastern Conference run a couple seasons ago, where they couldn't do anything wrong in the second half of the NBA season after Lloyd Pierce just kind of fledged along and guys were not as excited and enamored about Lloyd Pierce. They couldn't do anything wrong in the second half under Nate. But we didn't see that. And and there are times when you wonder about, and again, this is, you know, because we watch it so closely, I'm sure every coach in the league gets these questions about rotations and minutes and lack of using young guys or this or that or offensive sets and scheme and blah, blah, blah. I get all that. Or why, you know, again, my big thing with Nate last year was every time I'd see some guy like Trey or Collins or Capella go up and say, well, you know, we just we didn't have the effort and, you know, we didn't you know, we didn't have that want to and we didn't have the motivation or blah, blah, blah. And then Nate would get up there and like, yeah, you know, we're just not putting up effort and motivation and blah, blah, blah. OK, well, coach, that's on you. If you can't motivate and inspire. And by the way, the one thing is Sam Mitchell taught me in the NBA is you control minutes. That's the one thing you can do as a coach. You may not be able to do a lot of things in the NBA, but you can control minutes. You got guys telling me that you don't have effort and things like that. Pull their ass off the court. Pull them off. So, again, all the excuse making from last year. So, if we're going to add these pieces and we're going to get Murray, and who knows, maybe they'll add another piece. Maybe they will go after Aiton or whatever. Maybe they will go after Gobert. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, if you're going to bring these guys in, I got to know that Nate McMillan is going to be the guy that we fell in love with a couple of seasons ago, because I will tell you last year, I understand they dealt with COVID. They dealt with a lot of injuries and look, guys have to stay healthy this year. Guys do have to perform better this year, more consistently, right? Collins has to be more consistent. Capella has to be more consistent. Bogey has to be more consistent, right? Herter has to be more consistent. We all understand that. But Nate's got to coach these guys better, too. And at some point, you've got four draft picks in the last two years 
that we're like scratching our head and saying, okay, are we trying to make our G League team as good as it can possibly be? Or are we going to find roles for some of these guys? Because the idea of continuing to go out there and find veterans for money just isn't realistic. If you're start, you start talking about you bring Murray in and you got to extend him in a couple of years and you got to pay him maximum. You know, at some point, much like the Warriors and the Celtics, you have to draft guys that fill a role, right? We talked about the Marcus Williams, the Grant Williams. We talked about Kevin Looney and uh, Poole. You've got to find those guys first round, second round that come in and fill a role and can do it cheap, right? We talk about this in the NFL all the time. At some point, you have to have cheap, productive labor. You have to have guys that outplay their contract when they're getting started. If they blow up and they become superstars, then you can figure out if I want to pay them or if I'm going to sign and trade and move on from them, right? I got too many guys I have to give max contracts to. When has any team ever said that in the history of the league, right? But my point is that you've got to develop these guys, and we have to see more out of young players. We have to see more out of the veterans consistently, and a lot of this is going to fall on Nate. I don't want to go into another season where after every game it's, well, you know, we you know, we didn't have the effort, and we didn't have this, and we weren't ready. And Okay, coach, that's on you. You can't tell me effort, motivation, weren't ready, or any of those things and not start controlling some minutes. And if that means you get wiped around the floor by whatever, um, Orlando on a Tuesday night to send a message, one game in 82 games, then send a message. Whatever. whatever. Do something that inspires me, right? Now, I want to tell you about my friends over at Sakara. Listen, I know everybody's trying to get on some kind of wellness program. Summer's here. You want the beach body, this, that, and the other, right? I know a lot of you folks, too, by the way, are getting out of the meat business, right? So a lot of you folks are trying to get away from being meat-based and things that you do out there. Sakara is a great way to kind of change this. You get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body, without sacrificing taste or quality, right? It's a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants, right? The nutritional design, uh, breakfasts, lunch, dinners, they're made with plant-rich ingredients. So it helps you boost your energy, support digestion, curb your sugar cravings, get your skin glowing. Plus, it's delivered right to your door, ready to eat. And if you go right now, we're offering a deal for our podcast listeners, Sakara is offering listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on. Or you can enter the code locked on 20. So that's L O C K E D O N 20. Put sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter locked on 20 in the code at checkout and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. So this is going to be an important season, no doubt, for the Atlanta Hawks to figure some things out, get back on track. And more than just the roster itself, more than just revamping and changing and this and the other, you got to tell me my coach is going to 
take advantage of the young guys that I have, coach guys up better, put these guys in a position to succeed, and whatever you got to do to motivate, inspire, lead, whatever like that. I need the Nate McMillan that we saw in the second half of the NBA season a couple of years ago that propelled this team into that big playoff run. Not the Nate McMillan that every time there's a game over and they blow it, it's, well, motivation, route ready, we weren't this, we didn't do this. Okay. Because those excuses aren't going to fly. Travis Schlenk and Landry Fields are going to change this roster enough and they're going to go out and make a big splashy move. If they do nothing else but add DeJounte Murray, that alone has changed up your roster quite a bit, right? You've added a really good defensive player. You didn't have to give anything up of real merit. And you've got another guy to compliment Nate or Trey scoring out there. So this is more than just changing the roster. This is Nate McMillan has got to get these guys ready and get these guys motivated to play. All right, when we come back, has Matt Olson found his power stroke? Man, let's hope. We've been waiting all year for it. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta, asking to head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. Leave us a comment there and subscribe to our channel. We are also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, which includes Spotify, Odyssey. Find us there. Leave us a five-star review and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Well, it's been a good last, I don't know, week or so for Matt Olson. Olson again last night had a two-homer game, his second two-homer game that he's had here recently. And it starts to feel like that that power stroke of getting balls over the fence. Now, let me let me go ahead and clarify now, okay? Because I, I know exactly what the comments and things are doing. Well, you know, Chucky, he's leading the league in doubles. Okay, great. You know who has the all-time doubles record in baseball? Earl Webb. Google Earl Webb and tell me if you know anything about him, when he played, whatever like that. Okay? With all due respect, Matt Olson wasn't signed here to bang balls off the wall. Right? He wasn't, he wasn't here to hit a gapper to the wall and take it to second. He's here because he was a 39-homer, 100-run, 100-RBI guy in Oakland. 3,900-100. Okay? Nobody looked at his... Well, you know, he had, you know, his bips and baps and his balls and play, you know, that was, you know, third in the AL among left-handed guys who have the letters M-O in their name. No, he's here to mash it out of the ballpark and drive in a crap ton of runs. And when he comes up, he can hit a three-run homer. And from and instead of being a, you know, you're down four to two, you're up five to four now, right? And now we finally caught and got to see that over the last – week or so here. Matt Olson in his last seven games, last seven games, he's eight for 27, which is a 296 batting average. He's got a 333 on base, but he's got four homers in 10 RBI, four homers in 10 RBI. That's an 815 slugging percentage with an OPS of 1.148. So almost 1150 on his OPS out there. And I know he talked about after the game last night, he's slowing his hands down. He tweaked his swing a little bit. That's good. Because I need him to be a big-time run producer in the middle of that lineup. Because let's be honest, okay? 
And I know Ozuna won a game over the weekend, but go look at where Ozuna's profile. And we talked about this last week, okay? Ozuna's going to hit a bunch of home runs, but he ain't going to drive in a whole lot of runs. He's not driving in a whole lot of runs. In his last, you know, between last year and this year, in 500 bats, he's like 21 homers and 56 RBIs. That ain't anything to, to write home about. Goal is to score runs, right? And if you hit home runs and there are a bunch of solo home runs, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good out there, right? And you get guys on base, you got to put the ball out of the ballpark. And Olsen is just the catalyst for all that. And as this team moves forward, look, Adam Duvall ain't got a whole lot left in his career. Eddie Rosario is not going to be some long-term answer. Marcelo Zuna's got a couple of years left, and I don't think the Braves are going to re-sign him after that. This is the guy that you're counting on to be your 40-homer, 100-run, 100-RBI guy right in the middle of your order, right? And his job is to mash it out of the ballpark. While Dansby, if he's here, Ronnie, Ozzy running all around, they get on base, they do this. Michael Harris will probably move up toward the top of the order at some point in his career, and he's going to get on and steal a base and this, that, and the other. Rather than I'm looking up guys that played in the 1930s to see what record Matt Olson is. What do you want from Matt Olson? Would you rather he be challenging, I don't know, Earl Webb for the doubles record or being talked about in the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run conversation? Well, you know, he's only the third guy ever to hit 60 homers in a year. I'd much rather have that conversation than talk about Earl Webb or Tris Speaker. Right, guys who played in a dead ball era when there was no such thing as color video or film or TV or anything like that in the world, right? So it's good to see Matt Olson getting this thing on track and specifically with the long ball. And yeah, maybe it was a matter of time and this, that, and the other, but I didn't think it would be, you know, almost at the halfway point of the season where we would finally start to see some of this power. But it's encouraging to see that in the last handful of games, we've seen both of his multi-homer games. Those have come very recently here. And strangely enough, you know, you got 10 RBI in a seven-game set. That's what Matt Olson is here for. You know, if if every seven games I looked up and Matt Olson is four homers and 10 RBI, I don't think anybody would complain about that, right? And, and is on base, you know, which was so high at the start of the year where he's drawn a lot of walks. I don't care if he's only a 333 on base percentage. If he's got an 815 slugging to go along with it, who cares what his on base is? My thing with Matt is hit the ball out of the ballpark. And it's encouraging that we're seeing that now. And the defense looks like it's gotten a little bit better. And look, give him credit. Look, last weekend, was probably a, a weird scenario for Olsen to be in as well, right? With Freddie coming back and Freddie getting a standing ovation every time and all that and the other. And Matt Olsen knows who Freddie Freeman is. I mean, he's a baseball player. He's from Atlanta. He understands and knows. He's not unaware of what goes on with all of it. And I think that there was a lot of pressure on Matt Olsen coming in to be the babe, the boy. You're replacing the legend. You're a hometown guy, right? Parkview High School and all this other good kind of stuff. I think there's a lot of pressure that goes along with that. And I think he's done a really good job of handling that. But that missing piece or that missing component that has been not there enough in Matt Olson's game is 
you know, turn a four to two game into a five to four game with one swing of the bat because you hit it 428 feet out of the ballpark. And now it's good to see that that is coming back into his game because, like I said, that's what he was paid to do. That's he he wasn't paid to chase down the doubles record. He's paid to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's paid to be a guy that's going to be in the heart of your order through the next whatever seven, eight, nine years, whatever that contract was. I don't know whatever whatever the length of all of it is. He's going to be the middle and the heart of your order. So glad to see that he's get this thing going. It was another good win last night. Again, a come from behind win last night that Olsen spurned it on and they're finding their home run stroke out of all of it. And they just don't seem to want to lose in, in the month of June right now. Right. And by the way, the brave schedule really is favorable. You look at their schedule running through to the all-star break. You got four with St. Louis next week. You're going to have a three game set with the Mets, but otherwise you got seven against the nationals. You've got, this series going on right now against Philadelphia, who isn't obviously the same team. And then you've got the Cincinnati Reds, who are the dregs of the universe after that. Things shape up really well for the Atlanta Braves to make this big run and get this thing going. It's down to four now. So we're in a full-fledged you know, pennant race right now. But if Olsen can get that home run stroke going and be that big bopper and that big run producer in the middle of their lineup, Braves offense is going to be really hard to try to put your arms around and try to slow them down at all. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen every day. We ask you to make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day as Mark is back talking all things Atlanta sports. It's opinions you may not like, but you know you got to hear. Check him out. He's also available, free and available on our YouTube page, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Subscribe to that. Also free and available to download on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Find us, leave us a five-star review, and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back with you tomorrow as we get ready for NBA free agency. Coming quickly here, it is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. I'm Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.